Yeah, I'm uh, surprised and excited to share this with you. Recently, my wife and I um, had the pleasure of opening our personal bank account. And we realized that the U.S. government had inserted another year's salary for us over the weekend. So hopefully I have your interest in peaked. Um, many of you, uh, like myself and like Elena, are innovators and creators and inventors, whether you realize it or not. Okay? So I just want you to think about that for a bit. Um, the U.S. government has a billion or two dollars set aside to incentivize businesses to innovate, create, and invent. Um, and the process of writing off your research and design hours as a company, if you are an inventor or creator or innovator, like most of us are, again, whether you realize it or not, um, is something that you can do if you've never done it before. Here's the beauty. You can go back seven years. Okay. So we have, I have patents, like I have them on the wall here and we create new products, new innovations. It's like one of my passions. Like when I got my first patent, that was like, I felt, I felt like I won the Guinness book of world, right? I never thought I'd be inventing things that no one thought before, you know? listening to the Rich Ad Poor Ad podcast, where we break down the financial principles that rich advertisers are deploying today to turn advertising into profit and get tons of traffic to their websites without killing their cash. These advertisers, agencies, affiliates, brands are responsible for managing over a billion dollars a year in ad spend. You'll hear about what's working for them today, their rich ads, and we'll roast their epic failures and crappy ads on the internet with poor ads. Let's get into it. All right, everybody, we're back in business with another episode of the Rich Ad Poor Ad podcast. Today, I'm pretty amped. Oh, by the way, we got their host, Dylan Carpenter, in the house. I hope everybody's doing well. But of course, I'm amped today. We have a super awesome client. He is, in fact, lead e-com strategist for the Neil Patel Group. He has two brands of his own, been in business for well over 15 years and four years, so he's killing it on the e-com scene. But more, you know, juicy, this guy's managed and, you know, influenced well over $100 million in ad spend. So he knows how digital marketing works. So, I mean, I could hype this up all day, but let's bring him on. Jared Mitchell, what's up, man? Hey, what's up, Dylan? Thanks so much, everyone, for having me on and for choosing to listen to us talk. (laughs) It could be a good one. I mean, I feel like you really have a cool perspective on different parts of the businesses, as you mentioned, you, you see it from all different angles in house, you know, working with other individuals. So it's pretty cool. And I think you're going to have some awesome perspectives to kind of share with the audience today. Right. I hope so. <laughs> Let's yeah, do this. <laughs> yeah. In the meantime, everybody an idea of kind of what you're getting into, you know, who you are, just so everybody has some context. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I started as a professional musician and that's a story in itself when that didn't work out. I took my signing bonus from Interscope Records, and we decided to put it into trying to build a website and learn how to sell physical products online 15 years ago, back when Amazon only sold books. So I did what anyone would do. Dylan, I walked into Costco, you know, like hot dogs and pizza. Yeah. (laughs) You know the flyers they have on the side that are like, you know, redo your floor and like redo your air conditioning or go to Disneyland? They used to have one that said how to build a website. 
So I picked it up and I went home and I built my wife, who is an esthetician, a website that day. Shopify did not exist back then. Shopping carts were something that were a, a, a luxury that I couldn't afford it. You know, custom $150,000 project. And so we did call to order. And then I hopped on the Google machine. Someone told me that Google was getting pretty popular. So I figured out AdWords and I set up my first ad for the product she had on her uh, on her shelves. And the aha moment was within the first five minutes, we got a phone call with an order size of about $175 and they even paid for shipping. And I look back and ads, the clicks were so expensive, Dylan, it was like five to 10 cents each click. Could you believe it? But I figured out I spent $5 and I sold a $175 order over the phone and they paid shipping. And I said, Elena, I think that we have a business here. And so that's how this whole mess got started. <laughs> From there, we started adding more and more product lines to that website, skingearbyelena.com, over the last 50. Years we sell over 300 brands, and more recently we started our own brand three to four years ago under my wife's name, Elena Mitchell, and that has grown exponentially, almost 10x each year. So it's been a lot of fun. That is that's a wild ride. It's five to ten cent clicks on Google, man. This, the, if what if that was still a thing? <laughs> yeah, man. I, th- I hear you can do that sort of thing on Reddit and Pinterest, but but you know. My gosh. Yeah, yeah. I, I haven't seen clicks that cheap since freaking I started TikTok and Snap ads. And even then, <laughs> you can't even get that that much anymore. Yeah, we're we're still uh, when we run ads around here, we still get them that cheap on Pinterest. And my marketing manager, who's really into ads and stuff, tells me that Reddit is still in that range. If you know what you're doing, you know, you got to work a little bit to get there. But, you know, um, that's that's the word on the street. So with you being the head honcho over there, I imagine you help set the goals, kind of projections more or less. So when you're setting your goals for y'all's marketing budgets or you know marketing KPI goals, do you look at the LTV of a customer, average order value? I'm kind of curious what runs through your mind to kind of set some parameters to essentially set that limit up, you know? Yeah, planning um, out goals for the year is something that I really thrive on. And we do back into things pretty much um, directly from our data and our numbers. And it essentially starts with the overall revenue goal for the entire business. So essentially, I have three businesses. One's a retail store, one's a brand, and then one's Beefy Sites, the online course, you know, consulting business. BeefySites.com, check it out. (laughs) Um, Thank you, thank you. And... uh, Basically, I'll set a revenue goal for each of the business. And you, if you saw me right now, like on camera behind me, you see the fruit of this. I have a large whiteboard in my office. We essentially set the overall revenue goal. Then we set the marketing channels that bring us in revenue. And we set where we are right now and then where they need to be to hit the revenue, revenue goal. And then simply under each, we lay out the steps we need to take to reach that. And we lay out every single metric that you just mentioned and more and how they need to change to get there. So everything is quantifiable and we can literally have my um, CPA um, do a forecast budget down to every single line item of spend so that we can reach that overall goal. In some months, we exceed it like we all probably had a good time during COVID doing that. And then some months we're maybe a little shy, but overall we are all on the same page. And then more importantly, um, something that my mentor, Greg Hawkins, the guy who IPO'd buy.com taught me is if you want to have happy employees and you want them to stick with you forever, 
Make sure everyone has access to the appropriate numbers that you've laid out and then incentivize them to hit them. Ooh, that's beautiful. Hey, win, win or lose, lose. We're on this train together. You know, and I think that's a great way to kind of put it there. Cause I mean, you want the guys who are incentivized to really go above and beyond to make it work. Cause more money in their pocket, more money in the business's pocket. So it's kind of a no brainer there, you know? A lot of people don't take the time to really spell it out or get the right people under their wings, like is what I have to do, because I'm not like the number cruncher type of guy um, to spell it out. But once you do and once you get in that routine, um, you're on the course for, uh, you know, a stress less way of scaling your businesses where you're not waking up at one or two in the morning each night worried about it. Man, I'm already getting amped for this one. <laughs> so let's go ahead and dive into this bad boy. So, of course, on the podcast, we love to kind of dive into the rich ad and poor ad, a.k.a. what's working for you and what hasn't kind of worked for you. Maybe some of those more things you're kind of embarrassed to admit. Could it be an offer, strategy? Who knows? So what's your rich ad in this scenario here? My rich ad is not an ad at all. It's so funny. And I'm going to totally throw a curveball here. I actually kind of hate ads, doing ads myself. Um, and I don't like getting into like the Facebook ads manager. I don't like setting up audiences. Um, I'm, I'm not down with the TikTok. I'm just not, you know, that's what the adults say. They say the TikTok, you know, so I'm not down with the TikTok, even though I have an account and I understand how it works. Like, but I know enough to know my boundaries and my limits and I know I need to hire the right people to do it. So I do feel I have the right people in place in most of those areas. So Actually, what I want to talk today about is something that I noticed happened to a lot of people that do have a passion for ads, which is sort of the opposite of me. And many of you who are listening do have that passion. So I want you to listen up because um, what I noticed is that during the COVID crunch, things were up and down. And when I do business consulting, 95 percent or more of the businesses that I go into really only have one to two main channels of revenue. Now, raise your hand to yourself if that's true. Most of you, that's probably true. What we've done here over the last 15 years and what I do for my clients or anyone that I consult is I take those two sources of revenue and I try to increase them right away, of course. Let's go for the jugular. But more importantly, let's build 15 to 20 more around it that are also bringing in revenue. Because if you were alive during COVID, you realized one or two things. Most people are really into like Facebook ads, Facebook, Instagram ads, and really into like, you know, um, maybe Google or uh, lastly, Amazon, like three, the three big boys, right? And most people haven't really diversified their sales channels. Well, here in Southern California, I don't know if you heard, but the Amazon facility burnt to the ground one day. Amazon ran out of product for a lot of merchants. Um, Facebook CPAs and stuff I heard were all over the map. And all of a sudden you might've realized, ah, I don't know if I actually really own my business right now, especially if you're all on the Amazon, you don't own your customers. <laughs> you don't own your business. They can shut you down at any time or cut off your distribution. Facebook can change the algo and you're like hosed the next day. <laughs> Right? Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> so, so can we talk today a little bit about some of the other sales channels that you guys should be setting up so that like my businesses that grew and thrived during the COVID crunch, if it's going to happen again, um, 
you know, you'll be prepared because some channels might be cut off, but you got 15 to 20 others that can pick up the slack. I'm getting, I'm getting sweaty. I'm so pumped to dive in. So many guys, you know, Amazon, Google, Facebook, and Instagram, that's their three bread and butter. And I mean, with everything going on, there are issues on all those platforms. So I think having these other channels to really diversify it all is going to be a huge game changer. Well, yeah, and not a lot of people like to talk about the other's channels because honestly, they're just not very sexy. They're not. They're not like hip. They're not what's buzzing. They're not what people are raving about. Um, but don't be fooled. Like a lot of these can really surpass your bread and butter, and you might be surprised how passionate you actually become about them. So let's dive into it. If somebody is in that Amazon, Google, Facebook, Instagram world, what would your kind of first three steps be to kind of start diversifying that essentially or introducing your brand into new channels? Sure. Well, the first thing I usually do when I hit clients is, you know, I get in all their analytics and I see if they've already got something that's like low hanging fruit in general. And you can see a lot of these. I'll probably just turn around. Uh, Dylan, you can, I think, see me right now Um, because I have them written on the board. (laughs) Because it's something that I do so commonly with clients. Um, essentially, usually I'll start with my proven least expensive way, long-term way to get a new long-term customer. I'm not as worried about sale number one. I'm more worried about sales number two through 12. And you should be too. Okay. So you hear a lot of buzz about organic SEO. I've had the fine fortune of being able to learn from the best Neil Patel. Um, So I usually start there. And I also start with email acquisition and email marketing. Those three in combination tend to be our least expensive, best way to get a long-term, you know, lifetime customer. Um, And it is dirt cheap once you get up and rolling. A lot of people hate SEO because you hire an SEO team And it takes them like six months to actually show you the money. Well, that's absolutely true. That that is kind of how it works. Three to six months to really get your momentum. But here's the dealio. After you get it established, it's not like someone can flip a switch and turn you off. You have that momentum. You created that large snowball and it's going to take a while for it to go away. So in general, I'll start and I'll look at websites And I'll say, you know, how are we acquiring emails? Um, And we start there because in general, people aren't thinking it through. You know, maybe their traffic is going to a different source. Maybe they don't have exit pops set up. Maybe they don't have any sort of pop-up diversity on their website, like Hello Bars, right-hand side, footer, slide-ins. Maybe they're completely disregarding mobile. Or maybe they're doing pop-ups the wrong way and it's actually hurting their SEO, which is a thing now. Mm. Entrance pop-ups, right? So real thing, maybe. (laughs) Yeah. And that yeah, we've our our highest converting exit pop um is the spin wheel right now. When we're in skincare. Man, it's still driving then. I you know, we just go with the data. So we Sometimes we'll, and we do a lot of split testing, Dylan, and you can do it on your pop-ups. Companies like Optin Monster make it really easy for you to split test your pop-ups. Um, and you should be. So if you don't have pop-ups yet, um, just get started by setting up exit pops on both desktop and mobile and set them up and also set up a split test. Sometimes the uglier, more horrible version of the split test ends up converting. But I just encourage you to listen 
to your target customer persona and go with the data flow. Mm. Numbers don't lie. Hey, numbers don't lie. Numbers don't lie. And then um, the other thing is tying it into your email marketing. Um, so most analytics that I hop into, uh, you know, email marketing is like maybe 5% of the revenue. They've, it's an afterthought, you know, it's maybe a small part of the funnel and that's all that people have really thought of. Most healthy companies that I consult for, it's actually 20% of their overall revenue. For us, it's more like 30 because we're like crazy about it. But since we have good SEO and since we do a really good job acquiring emails, every email that I acquire and keep is literally dollars in my pocket. Mm. And so we've gotten really good at both automated campaigns and both batch and blast campaigns. Automated campaigns are awesome. They're like, you know, abandoned cart sequences. And most of you guys probably have those, but there are a ton more automated campaigns that you could focus on, like your welcome series or abandoned site, and even more like customer win back. And you can get crazy about it. You can set up split tests. And those are the campaigns, Dylan, where you're sort of drinking the pina colada on the beach and you're watching your like money come in because it's all automated. I love it. Now with y'all's two, you know, web, you know, businesses more or less, are, is that what, what's hosting those Shopify, WordPress? I'm kind of curious there. Yeah. If you're just getting started with email marketing, I would have you look into like OptiMonster for your pops. It's, it's just really good and cheap. It's, you know, it's a, it's a good system. And then I love Clavio uh, for email marketing. It's really easy to get started and integrate into Facebook. Uh, and then for us, like for our brand, we use Clavio because it's sort of getting off the ground. You know, it's a pretty new brand. For our retail site, we use a company called List Track, which is kind of built for larger retailers. And um, it's more expensive, but it's, you know, I get we, we make more money because we use them basically. And um, for my consulting business, I use Kajabi and they include their own email marketing system. Man, super interesting. I'm going through the first Clavio flows now. So I'm like, okay, email. <laughs> well, let me know if I can help you. I, I got a bunch of stuff I can send. Heck yeah. yeah. So I mean, with the email channels, I think you're spot on. You know, I, I've been getting way more on the email train, talking to a lot of email experts. And I mean, when I see brands, you know, that are really pulling in five, 10% of the revenue, I'm like, man, you're missing out on a ton. Even though I don't know much about it, I know what the possibilities are. So it's probably one of those cheaper areas to kind of really you know, allocate more resources to, to kind of really ramp it up. Absolutely. Just think of it as another form of retargeting. If you're really into ads, you're really into retargeting, right? So, um, you know, that's kind of how we think of it. And it's something that you set it and sort of can forget it. Check check in on it once a month on your automated sequences. And then there's a full other side to batch and blast, you know, with holiday and this and that. On Black Friday or Cyber Monday, Dylan, how many emails do you think my company sends if you're on my list? I would say six. 16. Okay. T. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hell yeah. And, and people love it. They expect it. Um, you know, the thing when you're like sending annoying emails um, and you're worried that people are going to bounce off your list. That was a big problem for us for years. If you um, go to the bottom of our emails and you click on subscribe, it takes you to a preference center, which I recommend all of you have. Clavio does offer it if you're on Clavio. And that's one way that we segment our list and actually send people emails they want to receive. So 
we definitely do that. And it also helps us retain people when they're getting annoyed. It gives them the freedom to say what they want to hear was a sale or skincare tip or whatever tip. So we use that like a beast and we'll only send people content that they want to see. If you're worried that you have not been doing it, there's a free tool by Google called Google Postmaster Tools. So if you Google Google Postmaster Tools, you can see the health of your overall IP with regards to email send. When I started, it was poor and now it's good. Make sure you check that out. So organic SEO works hand in hand in this. Most people don't set up their pages properly. I teach how to do it for free on my how to build a Shopify course, which is a free course where you can do it in over an hour. Check out the SEO video there. I'll show you how to set up each page. You'll be ahead of 90 to 95% of people on Google. Oof. And it's a free course you said? Yeah. Yeah. I just teach it. Um, I had so many people that wanted to take my e-commerce class um but didn't have a store yet and then i I watched shopify's version of like here's how to build my website and it was so slow and so boring i was like i gotta do my own so i did my own and it's faster and it's like uh you know i teach things that i think are important like seo and conversion which they don't even touch on now and you know so yeah i just it's 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 way better so i refer people to that and there's a there's a few videos on seo is that on beefysites.com yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Y'all heard of beefysites.com. Of <laughs> well, Yeah. So, I mean, that's easily a win there. I mean, it's, it's a no brainer for most businesses. And I mean, you also have some great resources to kind of help execute it. This episode is brought to you by Funnel Dash's ad card, the only charge card exclusively for your digital ad spend. And if you're an ad agency that manages seven or even eight figures a year in media and ad spend for your clients, and you're looking to double your profits over the next six to 12 months, then check out AdCard. See, the typical agency model is this. You charge 10% of your spend, you make 10 to 20% margin at the end of the day. So that's really one to 2% of your client's spend that is profit in your business. The easiest way to double that is to really find a way to earn in that one to 2% cash back of the card that is on file of your client's ad account. And before ad card, what you had to do was invoice all your clients for their ad spend up front, which is really difficult on a cash flow basis and very difficult ask. And then you had to put the card on your own Amex or whatever card of choice to get that level of value back into your business. With AdCard, it's entirely different and streamlined. You simply get your clients on AdCard and make yourself the agency of record and you'll get the cash back as long as you're managing the ad spend. It's a great way to double your profit without doing any additional work. Check it out at funneldash.com. So, well, that's definitely awesome there. We love to kind of dive into the not so awesome things here. Maybe some of those things that were kind of embarrassing to bring up, you know, hey, it could have been an offer, try before you buy a strategy or a campaign. What is your poor ad in this ecosystem? an embarrassing situation oh, goodness i probably should have thought about this before coming on well i think part of my strategy too is to to celebrate failure we we have that instilled here as a culture literally to celebrate failure um one thing that that we do that not a lot of companies do is we are not afraid to to just reach out and try something 
And there's, I'm going somewhere with this. Okay. So I joke around about the TikTok and all this. And we are, we are doing TikTok ads at the moment. It's brand new for us and we're experimenting. Um, in general, we will have probably 10 things we're experimenting with. And in general, maybe one will pan out. So we do have a lot of failure around here. So for us, we have to learn how to celebrate the failure. Um, one failure we had recently was on Pinterest with just getting a funnel that was converting. Um, and we had spent a lot of time. The ads are actually really cheap there. Um, but ultimately, it was it ended up being a failure for us. We kind of gave up and moved on to different networks because as best as we could tell, the types of audiences that we are attracting on Pinterest were not buyers. They were not leading to conversion. It was either that or it was the fact that our brand is new and unestablished and that we just needed to create more awareness before we went after Pinterest that way. I'm not really sure, but we failed. I, I think we'll try it again. You know, and we're working on other networks right now, um, but we celebrated it. And we literally almost throw a party and we have people in and we're like, okay, well, what happened? And we lay out all the metrics and we lay out the landing pages. And then here is the key. What did we learn? And we'll literally write it on the board. Like Dylan, you can see behind me. What did we learn from this? What consumers like? What did we learn about this space? What do we learn about this website? And then we write out what questions that we had and we go through it and we keep it up on the board. So I can literally look at it year round in my office. Oh, man, I think it's super valuable because, I mean, everybody loves to flex the wins. But, I mean, you said it best. It could be 10 tests where one hits that jackpot. So, I mean, always be testing, you know, it's kind of and especially to celebrate those because, I mean, the numbers, you can kind of see why it didn't work. How can we kind of toggle with this a little bit to try and make it work? So, I mean, yeah, I think that's huge to have in a kind of culture system to just really reiterate, hey, not everything's going to be rainbows and butterflies, you know. Yeah, one sales channel that was just the opposite for us was push notifications. A lot of people don't don't use those on their website. And we just tried it on a whim, just like we did with Pinterest ads. And now our list is tens of thousands of people that we can push notify that have and want to receive those. And that tends to be one of our lowest costing ways we can get a sale. Damn, who would have thought, you know? <laughs> Those are crazy. And you can set up automated sequences with them. Okay. So it's sort of like turning push notifications into email marketing. So you do those and, and take more omni-centric approach and integrate your text message marketing if you're in the right industry with the right demographic that wants to receive it. And you've got, you know, you've got a pretty solid uh, net there of sales channels. Damn. This is super interesting. Oh <laughs> I could go on all day about sales channels. I have about probably 10 to 15 more that I could talk about, but I don't think you want to do that. So <laughs> more sales channels, one, one million percent. So we'll, we'll have an episode two of this. Oh, okay. All right, cool. I'd love to be back. I, you know, I haven't done like a ton of podcasts, but they're going pretty well. So, you know, hopefully, you know, if you like it, just ask me questions and, you know, let me know how I can help. Excellent. I'm going to have some questions in a minute. I guarantee this. So cool. for the final segment of this, we love to kind of go in the crossroads of the marketing and financial side of things. And I know we spoke about this a little bit before, but what is your kind of financial tip or principle that can put some more money in some pockets? And I know this is going to be a big one here. Yeah, I'm su um, surprised and excited to share this with you. Recently, my wife and I um, had the pleasure of opening our personal bank account. 
And we realized that the U.S. government had inserted another year's salary for us over the weekend. So hopefully I have your interest <laughs> in peaked. Um, many of you, uh, like myself and like Elena, are innovators and creators and inventors, whether you realize it or not. Okay? So I just want you to think about that for a bit. Um, the U.S. government has a billion or two dollars set aside to incentivize businesses to innovate, create, and invent. Um, and the process of writing off your research and design hours as a company, if you are an inventor or creator or innovator, like most of us are, again, whether you realize it or not, um, is something that you can do if you've never done it before. Here's the beauty. You can go back seven years. Okay. So we have I have patents, like I have them on the wall here, and we create new products, new innovations. It's like one of my passions. Like when I got my first patent, that was like that's cool. I felt I felt like I won the Guinness Book of World Records. I never thought I'd be inventing <laughs> things that no one thought before. You know, um, we just invented a really cool one, which is a a, a protective face mask that's anti aging. Ooh. Yeah. So, you know, everyone gets acne and they're worried about it messing up their face. This one actually does the opposite. So anyways, I love to invent things. And what I realized is um, you can actually go back and write off those hours and you can either take it as a tax credit or you can have them, depending on your corporate structure, inserted into your personal account. And the company that you hire to do this for you will take about 30 to 35%, which is completely fair. It's a crap load of work that you don't want to do that money is a straight write-off <laughs> so if you're having a really good year your year just got better because literally my scenario we have a year of extra salary sitting in my personal now and we have the extra xxxx whatever to write off because we're having a good year and i think many of you are in this covid pandemic e-commerce era right Oh, man. And this is like the first time I've ever heard of the research and design side of things. So, I mean, I didn't even know this is an actual thing. So I I imagine 95 to 99% of our audience has no idea this thing even exists. No, it's, it's a boring process. You know, they call up and these people have to ask you a million questions. And the reason I keep saying, you know, you don't really understand how much of an innovator and creator you are is because you don't until you talk to these people, they'll actually ask you some pretty detailed questions about how you're spending your time. And they'll tell you straight up if you're not a fit. Okay. <laughs> but for me, it was a huge fit. And um, they'll, they'll get things out of you that you've done that you're sort of creating and inventing that you actually didn't even realize you were doing on your own. Damn. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, it's, it's good. They probably have a set batch of questions to realize. Let's, 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 let's figure out who this guy really is. And I mean, yeah, I mean, you probably don't even think about it, but I mean, that's that's super nifty there. And I mean, that's some low-hanging fruit there to, you know, add some extra cash flow without a doubt. Yeah, it's it's incredible. And then the sort of the, you know, upsell on that is there are companies that exist that this is all they do. And that's just one tax credit you can get, okay? There are like, it depends on the industry you're in and selling to, but there are a ton more that people just don't even know about. And I just love it because the beauty is the government will allow you to refile your taxes. You know, they'll allow you to do it and take back what's rightfully yours. 
Well, y'all, y'all got some homework to do on this one. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> so, jeez, Jared, this has been super value packed, man. So, I'm learning some new things. So I love this. But what's the best way we can kind of support you? How can people get in touch? And do you have any cool projects in the kind of mix? Cool projects. I'm trying to think of my next like class I want to teach, but I've been speaking and doing podcasts more. My buddy Neil helps me out quite a bit. That guy's awesome. Make sure to check out his if you haven't already. He's doing a podcast here soon. Um, so yeah, you know, wh- what I do is basically I have a passion for helping people establish those sale channels or, um, you know, grow their, their brands. They'll, they'll get sort of caught up in like one way of doing things and they, they don't know how to do the overall sort of business growth approach. Um, so yeah, I, I offer two products. I mean, one, you know, self-serve and there's a new class each week where I show you how to e-commerce hundred bucks a month. And then the other one's about a thousand a month where I do one-on-one consulting with you each week and we dive in your brand and I don't do any execution, but I just look at all the data and I tell you exactly what to do that week to expand and grow. And that's a lot of fun because there's so many people that are in that area where they're doing enough sales where they can afford me, but it's not too much. And so I can really help them move the needle. My first campaign for one of my clients uh, last week, I think we spent 400 bucks so far. We have about $7,000 in sales that have come in. And it's the very first thing I've done. So I love, love doing things like that and scaling, you know, whatever type of campaign uh, it is that they have going. And I like how you're kind of more coming in from the outside. So where you're still making them execute it more or less to where they're also learning as well, improving their, you know, expertise. So I think that's a really cool way of kind of knocking it out and having a double-edged sword there. How can somebody find you? Just beefysites.com. Yeah. Just come check it out and, you know, look me up on social and just hit me up. Like I love just hopping on calls and, you know, so I don't always charge for help. If someone just needs help, I'm really passionate about just helping mom and pops and small businesses. Cause that's where we came from. Everything bootstrapped, you know, and we don't have like deep pockets and all this stuff. So um, yeah, you know, just hit me up, get in touch and, and, you know, gosh, thanks so much for having me. Hey, I was about to say, Jared, thanks for coming on, man. This was, this is one of my favorites without a doubt. Really? Wow. That's great. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Well, heck, man, thanks for jumping on. Thanks, Dylan. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and I hope I get to uh, get in touch with you. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of the Rich Ad Poor Ed Podcast. If you're like me and listen to podcasts on the go, go ahead and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and richadpoored.com slash podcast. And if you absolutely love the show, Go ahead and leave a review and a comment. Share with a friend. If you do, take a copy, screenshot of it. Email me, Zach at FunnelDash.com. Show me you left a review. and I'll give you a free copy of the Rich Ad Poor Ad book. To learn more about the book, go to RichAdPoorEd.com. To leave a review, go to RichAdPoorEd.com slash review. Thanks again.